0: I want to do uh, part four of the study on Elijah. And I hope that there are parts of it all the way through the six parts that you'll find at least in part of the study that will apply and help you in what we are facing today as a society. So this is uh, part four of the study of Elijah. Behold, Elijah is here, it says on down there in a few verses. We're in 1 Kings um, 18, and we're going to look at four different things here centered around the statement, behold, Elijah is here. Number one, any time an Elijah shows up. There's always there's always a contrast that's made between Elijah and the rest of the world, really. The second thing is whenever Elijah shows up to do what Elijah has to do, there's always trouble, there's always conflict. Thirdly, um whenever he shows up, we find a we find a strong level of commitment to the work and to what is happening how 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 committed are you to the work of the lord and then and then finally, what i what I would say is a a completion of the work, those four things. so we're going to look at it now. There comes a time well let, let's look at the scriptures first. Um, I'm gonna look at verses one in first, 1 first Kings 18 from the first of the passage, verse one, down through what would be first, verse, uh, verse eight. Okay, let me read it to you. And it came to pass after many days that the word of Yahweh came to Elijah. Okay, so a long time had passed. Elijah had not received a word from Yahweh. He has he has been at Z- Zedekim in the care of the widow there, and so they had mutually cared for one another. They were a mutual blessing to one another, as we saw last time. So there, he he would just bide his time. Now think about it. He's in the middle. He's in Sidon, which is a home place for Jezebel and he's he's fighting against uh, baal baal worship and a a a centerpiece of sedefet where he was living with the widow was baal worship so he's in an unusual place to continue his his refinement as a saint and as a servant of the lord after many days the word of the the word the word of yahweh came to elijah Eliyahu, Eliyahu, Elijah, in the year, in the third year, saying, go present yourself to Ahab. Now, in the previous chapter, the Lord had said to Eliyahu, or Elijah, he said to him, go hide yourself. Now, it's been three years, okay? This is in the third year, so it's been three years since Elijah prayed that prayer and the drought had come. Three years. Now comes the defining moment in the ministry of Elijah. He has learned about the Lord. He has has reached into a place where nothing was supposed to be and he kept pulling out something. He first went to the place of separation, the brook called Keterth, then he went to the place of refinement, the place called Zetaphit, and uh, was, was humbled there in the fact that he would be in the care of a widow woman. But now, the scripture says, the Lord says, go show yourself. The time comes, and it's gonna come for us. I suppose we could say that you and I, in this time of the coronavirus, or in a time when the Lord is saying to us, go hide yourself. Separate yourself and find the place of refinement and just depend on me. I'll take care of things. But let me tell you something, the time comes when it's no longer the word from Yahweh when he says to us, go hide yourself. The time comes when he says to us, go show yourself. Now it's time to do something. We've been refined and we've been strengthened and we've grown in our faith. So now what? Question is, what kind of believer will you emerge? What kind of believer will you be when you emerge from this from these days of quarantine and, and separation? What kind of believer, what kind of what kind of church person will you be? What kind of follower of Christ? What kind of servant of Christ will you be? That's a very interesting question. The time's going to come when the command is lifted and we're going to be told to go and show ourselves. So what are we gonna do? How are we gonna act? Are we stronger now? Are we further along? Do we understand? Have we focused on what the Lord, do we understand and know what the Lord wants us to do in particular in service to him? Nobody can do it all, but everybody can do something. So as the Lord revealed that to you, I hope he has, there's been sufficient time for him to do so. So you're not supposed to sit here, Elijah, by the brook that's drying up anymore, the place of, of uh, separation. You're not even supposed to stay here in the village where the widow was commanded to care for you anymore, the place of refinement. The time has come for you to go and find Ahab. Don't wait for him to come to you, he's looking for you. But you go and you find him and you'll say to him, behold, Elijah is here. The time comes in in all of our lives when the hiding has to be over and the strengthening and the time of growing, those come to an end when it comes to time to go to service. Of course, we're always strengthened and ever-growing in the Lord, but there come times when we've reached a point where the Lord says, I'm ready to use you here now in this way and of course, we're to certainly respond in the way that uh, Elijah does. It's time for Elijah to go to work for Yahweh. It's time for him to emerge from this place and go and say, "Behold, Elijah is here." All right. So, uh, looking at the uh, the passage of Scripture, we'll go back. Let's uh, let's look at it again uh in the uh, in the scriptures and it it says uh down here it says that um oh, that uh, um, Ahab is concerned about his uh his stuff now let's look at it it uh, it says uh Ahab called called Obadiah Obadiah uh well, let's back up. Present yourself to Ahab. I will send rain on the earth. Three years have passed. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. There was a severe famine in Samaria. And Ahab, called to, and Ahab called to Obadiah, who was in charge of his house. This is a guy that kept his books. Now Obadiah feared Yahweh greatly for, it wa- for so it was while Jezebel massacred the prophets of Yahweh that Obadiah had taken a hundred prophets and hidden them by fifties by fifty men to a cave, so two caves, fifty men to a cave. Obadiah found a place. Uh, where he could hide a hundred prophets of Yahweh, while Jezebel the queen, whom he obviously was serving in in the sense that he was in charge of Ahab's household, uh, she was out killing them. Wherever she could find them, she was after. She was, she was on a campaign, a crusade, to do away with the worship of Yahweh and with the thoughts of Yahweh. She intended to insert Baal worship into the lives and hearts of the Israelites. Now, of course, Yahweh's not gonna sit around and let that happen. also says that uh, he had fed them with water and bread. And Ahab said to Obadiah, Ahab said to Obadiah, go into all the land uh, and the land of water and brooks And look, so that we might find perhaps grass to keep the horses and mules alive so that we will not have to kill any livestock. (laughs) Okay. His people are dying. They're starving to death. If you don't have water, you don't have crops. If you don't have crops, you don't have food. So if you can't get a drink of water and you can't get any food, you're gonna starve to death. You're You're gonna die of thirst. So we have here the same situation, it would have been where the poorest would have been hardest hit, Uh, children would have been hardest hit, elderly people hardest hit, and whenever there's starvation, there's weakness, and where there's weakness, uh, there is is no immune system to disease, and so the people were dying. They would have been dying after uh, all of this uh, time of drought, So does that make any difference to Ahab now? He's concerned about his investment. He has a lot of mules and horses, and he's already seen some of them die, and he doesn't want the rest of them to die. He's more concerned about his livestock than he is the people in his kingdom. It's just awful. So he sends his servant out, go find wherever the water is, wherever the grass is. We'll have to take what remains of my livestock there. Uh, so they divided between them. So Ahab went in one direction, but Obadiah goes in the other direction, and they're going to search to see which one of them can find water and green grass. So they divided the land between them to explore it. Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went one way by himself. And... As Obadiah was on his way, suddenly Elijah met him. And he recognized him. He recognized Elijah and fell on his face and said, Is this you, Elijah, my Lord, Adonai? my lord, so he calls Elijah his lord, or master, his lord. And he answered him, Elijah answered Obadiah, and said, it is I, go tell, go tell your master, go tell your Adonai. Elijah refuses to accept the title of Obadiah's master, Or Obadiah's Lord. In those words, we can see that Elijah sees a divided allegiance in the heart of Obadiah, which probably reflected the whole kingdom of people. You know, I want to think of myself as holy and godly, and I want to think of myself as Christian and this and that but there's a whole lot of stuff in this world that I'm just not gonna turn loose of and I have to, that's the way Obadiah was, that's the way he was. He was in the household, he was serving Ahab, the guy whose wife was killing prophets. Go tell, it is I, go tell your master, behold, Elijah is here. Now, To me, Obadiah represents those who have some sort of timidity or bashfulness or half-heartedness when it comes to serving the true and living God. Word of God says this, but it's going to cost me too much to be obedient to the Word of God, so I'm going to believe in the God of the Bible, and I'm going to stand on the Word of God as far as I can, but there are some places I just can't stand with uh, God on because I'm going to, it's going to cost me something. That's the way Obadiah was. He had one foot in the world and one foot in the Bible, I guess. He was a fence straddler. He he did nothing to loosen his connection to Ahab and Jezebel. Perfect example, in my view, of the people of Israel in that day. Half-hearted people who didn't see anything wrong with Baal worship because it felt so good and uh, it was just such a, a wonderful experience. Oh, we're still gonna do the stuff that Yahweh requires. We're gonna have the rituals and all that stuff and we know that Yahweh is God but I tell you, this Baal worship is something that we have to have. Besides, it's a cool thing to do and we don't want to offend Jezebel while she's liable to kill us. Liable to come and burn our houses down if we actually express a true faith in Yahweh, the true and living God. That's, you see, later on in, in, in down here, Elijah's going to ask them a question. Why do you hesitate between two opinions? Why are you hesitant? That's, that's, that's the summary of how the people were. Now, I hope and pray when we emerge from this thing that we've been placed under presently, that if any of us, after examining our hearts, find that in any way we've been half-hearted toward the Lord, that we will forsake those things by repentance and confession. We will forsake those things that are meaningless and just passing in the night, those things that are either unbiblical or anti-biblical, and that we will see to it that our lives are directed and our footsteps are ordered such that we are totally committed uh, to the Lord. You see, Elijah drove the point home here with Obadiah. I'm not your master, Ahab is your master. There's a difference between you and me. You're living in his house, serving him, and he's out here trying to kill me. There's a difference between the two of us. That's why it was right for Elijah to go and find Ahab rather than sit around and let Ahab find him. So then Elijah essentially says, you know, Obadiah, you're Obadiah, but I'm Elijah. Now, that leads me to the second point, which, which tells us that whenever we have to say spiritually in this sense, behold, Elijah is here we will discover that it's gonna stir up trouble. That's just the way it is. There's going to be conflict. There's always conflict in the powerful presence of a servant of Yahweh like Elihu, or Elijah. Eliyahu, Elijah. Let's, let's look at the verses here. Uh, it's a, let me read on down from there to about, I don't know, verse 20 or so. Behold, Elijah is So he said, how have I sinned that you're delivering your servant into the hand of Ahab to kill me? So you see, he thinks that Ahab is going to say, okay, you've been off in secret on your own collaborating with Elijah I thought there was something strange about you and you're over here, you're out there with Elijah. Now, of course, that's not how it was, but this is how Obadiah is afraid it's going to appear to Ahab, as Yahweh your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom where my master has not sent someone there to hunt for you. And when they said he is not here, he took an oath from the kingdom or that nation that they could not find you. So he's had he's he's had posse's and he's had search parties out trying to find Elijah. He's gonna kill him. They couldn't find him. So Obadiah makes this confession. They've had to come back and vow that they that they never saw anything of you. And it shall come to pass that as soon as I'm gone from you, that the spirit of Yahweh will carry you there to a place I do not know. So when I go and tell Ahab and he cannot find you, he will kill me. But I, your servant, have feared Yahweh uh, from my youth. Was it not reported to my Lord what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of Yahweh? And how I hid the prophets of Yahweh, a uh, hundred men, fifty by fifty, to a cave, and fed them with bread and water. So now you say, go and tell your master, behold, Elijah is here, and he will kill me. And Elijah said, as Yahweh of armies lives, as as Yahweh of hosts lives, before. Whom I stand. Today I will surely present myself to him, that is to Ahab. Now, well, let's keep going here. Verse 16, I think. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah, and it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said to him, this is you, uh, disturber, troubler of 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 Israel. You're the one who has brought disturbance to the land. You've stirred up trouble. You're the troublemaker. This is you, troublemaker, troublemaker of Israel. And he said that as Elijah said, answered and said, I have not troubled Israel. I have not troubled Israel, but you and your house have. The house of your father in that you have forsaken the commandments of Yahweh and have followed the Baalim, the Baals, the, 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 the Baals. Now therefore send and gather to me all of Israel on Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal 450 and the prophets of Asherah 400 who eat at the table of Jezebel. So Ahab sent for all the sons of Israel and gathered together the prophets on Mount Carmel and and Elijah came to all the people and said, until when will you falter, will you hesitate between two opinions? Powerful. If Yahweh, he says, if Yahweh is God, follow him. But if Baal, but if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Well isn't that like so many people? Just gonna stand there. They're not gonna answer a word. So Elijah has this He had his first trouble, he had his first conflict with Obadiah, in my opinion. He has his second conflict with Ahab, who blamed Elijah for the trouble of Israel. And Elijah turned it around and said, no, you're the troublemaker and I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you, when you bring all these false prophets out, I'm gonna show you that you're the troublemaker of Israel. You know, there's no, now the third conflict here would be with the prophets of Baal. There is no room for two gods in any society nor in anybody's life. That's truth. It's always trouble. So that brings us to the next part where, where there is, where there is a call to total commitment. Let's look at it now beginning down, uh, let's go back to, uh, Let's go back to verse 21 and go from there again. Elijah came to all the people and said, until when will you falter between two opinions? If Yahweh is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Elijah said to the people, I am left alone, a prophet of Yahweh, but prophets of Baal are four hundred and fifty men. therefore let them give uh, therefore let them give two bulls, and let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces, and lay it on the wood but put no fire under it, and I will prepare one bull and lay it on the wood, but no fire put under it. And you call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of Yahweh. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, "Um, it is well-spoken, it is a good saying, it is well-spoken. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourselves, prepare it. For you are many, prepare it first, for you are many, and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bull which was given them they prepared it and called on the name, called on the name of Baal from morning even until noon saying Baal Baal hear us but there was no voice and no one answered and they they leapt they jumped about on the, they jumped around the altar which they had made and so It was noon. Elijah mocked them and said, Cry with a louder voice, cry with a loud or a louder voice for a God. Either he is meditating. or he is busy, or he is on a journey, or perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. It's too busy for you. So they cried aloud in voice, or they cried with a louder voice, cut themselves as was their custom with swords and lances until the blood gushed out on them. And when midday was passed and they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, but there was no voice and no one answered and no one paid attention. And Elijah said to all the people, come near to me now. So all the people came near to him and he uh, re- repaired, he repaired the altar of Yahweh that was broken down. Elijah took then, Two, Elijah took then ten and, uh, 10 and two stones. Elijah then took, the, according to the number, 10 and two, 12 stones, okay. According to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom had come the word of Yahweh uh, unto Israel, saying, your name shall be Israel, And he built with the stones an altar in the name of Yahweh. And he made a trench large enough to hold two containers, two siahs of water, barrels, I guess, and uh, around and seed around the altar. He put in the wood and cut in pieces, cut the bull in pieces, laid it on the wood, and said, fill four uh, water pot pitchers and pour it on the burnt sacrifice on the, and on the wood. Then he said, do it a second time and did it a second time. He said, do it a third time. They did it a third time. In a time of, of drought with no water, they're pouring all this water on, on what would be the sacrifice that Elijah would make to Yahweh. Uh, and so the water ran all around the altar and also he filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah came near and said, and the prophet said, Yahweh, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant. And and that, at your word, I have done all these things. <clears throat> you see, he had become hated by the people they they had a misinformation campaign about him. Elijah is the troublemaker, you know, probably had a probably had a bounty on his head, everybody, but let these people know that's not true. uh, that was like fake news in their day, okay, you are Yahweh God, and that you have turned. Again, their hearts backward. You've turned their hearts again back. And the fire of Yahweh fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and stones and the dust and the water. It licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, Yahweh, he is God. Yahweh, he is God. And Elijah said, Seize them, the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. And they seized them and brought them down to Elijah, to the brook Kishon, and executed them there. That's pretty strong. He did exactly as Yahweh had commanded him to do. Yahweh had brought them to this place where now they had to decide if their lives belonged to Yahweh or something else. A lot of us are brought to that place today in our time of reflection. So here was this final conflict that brought the people to a time of true commitment and then the completion of the story and and the mission of Elijah with regard to bringing the people back. Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel Then he bowed down on the ground, put his face between his knees and said to his servant, now go up, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and he said, there's nothing. He said, go seven times again. And he came to pass the seventh time. He said, there's a small cloud, small as a hand of a man rising out on the sea. And he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. It came to pass in the meanwhile, and in thus the meantime, that the sky became black with clouds, and there was, and with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. And the hand of Yahweh came upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Baal was proven to be a false and impotent God. The prophets of Baal were slain, worship to Baal was halted. The rain that had halted by Elijah's word now came again in abundance by Elijah's word, just like the Lord had said. Whenever Elijah is here, then the work will be completed. The true servant of God. We have a defining moment in our lives from which we can, I mean, the world's gonna be, we keep hearing it everywhere, and I don't doubt it. The world's gonna be different. (laughs) You're gonna have a different group of restaurants to choose from. Different retailers. People are gonna, will have gone into this thing with one kind of job and, and they will emerge with some other kind of work or job. The world in one sense has, has been refined or, or, or it's been changed for sure, the whole world, the whole world, that's a God thing. This, this is a watershed moment in the history of mankind. Where everybody in the world can sit down and reflect upon the reality of God, who he is, who we are, and how we are in him. Are we in him? And how are we serving him? And what are we going to do when all of this is over? It it will be over in some form or, or fashion. The church be greater, the church be more filled with people, people more willing to come and study the Bible. Every chance in Sunday school and small group and and uh, in worship service and in the ways that we present Bible studies, we get to learn more about our true and living God, who He is, who we are in Him, what He's doing with us and through us to prepare the world perhaps for the third and final awakening, great awakening in the history of America. And it may be brief because the Lord may be about to come. I'm telling you, there too many things coming together here uh, for us to, to foolishly think otherwise. The last clarion call in the time of the church perhaps for people to come to Christ, to give us perhaps a brief respite after this troubled time so that as the church we can reach out into this world in the power of the Holy Spirit armed with the gospel of grace and cry out to men to be saved, repent, and believe the gospel, that Jesus Christ is the son of God. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life so that when he died on the cross, he died vicariously for others. And he was put into the tomb and was raised up on the third day to provide proof of our justification in him. And after his time of teaching his disciples, he has ascended into heaven where right now he intercedes for the saints and he's coming again. He's coming soon. Can it be said of you, behold, Elijah is here. The wonderful, beautiful, simple gospel. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou shalt be saved. i tell you this. The time is here for us to be strengthened and armed with the gospel to go forth into the world, to use everything at our at our beck and call, everything in our power, by the grace of God, through the Holy Spirit of God, as he opens doors for us now in these last days to reach others for Christ, for the sake of Christ, to seek out and to find those whom God is calling to himself in perhaps what is the last, last great awakening of America and the last evangelistic call of the church as we know it today. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, Lord, thank you for the time of rest and reflection that you've given to us. And it's a valid question that we ask in our hearts, Lord, how shall we emerge from this? Oh God, help us to be stronger and better and use us in these last days for your glory. We pray for your protection from sickness and from harm in this time of virus. We pray, oh God, that you'll you'll shield us from the plague that has fallen upon the world, if it be your will. Father, we pray for the healing of those who are sick. We pray for our nation and our nation's leaders that our leaders will be granted wisdom that they need from on high so that for the sake of your elect, we might emerge cleansed from this thing finally so that the cause of Christ and the work of the gospel through your church might be for one last time brought to this world so that we might hopefully be prepared for the glorious rapture that is the next thing on our list. So God bless us and help us and use us always for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for being with us for Elijah part four, okay?